Hi guys, we've got Brandon here today um, from his podcast, Expanding Reality. Um, so Brandon, what inspired you to set up a podcast talking about the wonderful and wacky theories that you go through on your channel? Yeah, I, first it would, thank you for having me, by the way. At first it was just a look into UFOs. It was, um, I've been a fan of that since uh, coast to coast back in the day. I used to listen to that stuff and my wife and I on very long road trips would just put on like five or five or so hours of coast to coast AM. And so really got into the esoteric ideas and uh, started reading these people's books and watching their speeches online and things like that. And so I was like, and this, this is fascinating. So I'd always had that in me for a long time. Uh, we had a show before the one that I'm doing now, but it was uh, just a couple of friends of mine and my wife, and we had maybe 50 episodes out and then it, you know, it's completely scrubbed now. It was, um, just different. And so whenever COVID hit, uh, that changed everything uh, for the better. I believe it was a beautiful gift for us all. And that also just meant that everybody just wasn't doing the podcast the same way anymore. And so whenever all of that cleared up enough, I had this super idea to you know bring everybody back and we're going to now talk to these UFO authors. And I'd already reached out to a couple and things like that. And everybody was like, yeah, we don't want to do this anymore. So I was like, okay, cool. So change the name uh, to expanding reality. And even that process, I was, we were going to, I was already done with the old model. I was ready to rebrand anyhow. And so I uh, got everything laid out and ready to go and then just took off. I uh, had a big list of UFO authors and that, you know, uh, changed rapidly. My interests are so wide and varied. I'm interested in so many damn different things. The idea just to get me into podcasting, I suppose, was the thought of just talking to these UFO authors and which I've talked to amazing, amazing people that I absolutely adore in the field. And then also, though, because of the name expanding, it was very important for me early on to make it a verb, not a finite expanded, for instance, uh, because it's continuing. It's always happening. So I knew that that opened up for wider scopes of possibilities and how everything connects. And here we are. And it's uh, 200 and something episodes later and over 50 episodes of bonus content. And we just keep adding to that all of it all the time and just having a blast, man. That's cool. That's um, you've sort of hit the nail on the head where you um mentioned about COVID because I feel like it has changed the podcasting scene a lot. In a sense, everyone can do podcasts over Zoom now, so it opens up the bank of guests you can have on and the bank of knowledge out there. Exactly. Like tenfold. Yeah, yeah, you're not limited in any way, and no one's upset that the audio sounds different from your studio or whatever you have in your house than somebody that you're zooming in, and so. All of these little things that you experience whenever you launch a channel like this, you're just, you know, because my, uh, I have a high focus on production quality. I'm very, uh, that, that matters to me because it matters to me as somebody who consumes content so that somebody takes a minute to, you know, give a shit about that. So within that process, there are a lot of promises I keep to myself as far as the presentation goes. But within that, there's so much flexibility. Like it doesn't need to be so you know, rigid. And, and I think it's funny because my wife, I'll call her in here to be like, Hey, which UFO picture do you like best, you know, for this graphic? And it's cool. The, the things that like are challenges, you know, which, oh man, they're both really cool, but we want a consistent theme. So which one do we, so there's like a, it's, it's just interesting the way that, uh, this, this all plays out. And again, just like what you said that it, it's changed so many things because you don't, Nobody uh, is expecting you to get everyone in studio. It's it's erroneous and then also so inefficient. Like you can, the the fact that it's opened like this has just afforded us like right now. We can just hop on a call real quick and go. I don't have to schedule, you know, three days or so to come, you know, get on a plane, come see you guys and hang out. We've got 
a nice tight window here and uh, we can have our conversation, spread the consciousness and then move on and touch base later. It's just such an amazing way to connect. And so you're absolutely right. Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. So from your 200 plus episodes or 200 plus conversations around UFOs, what would you say uh, your theory is, first of all? And then what would you say is the craziest theory that you've heard around UFOs? Uh, well, not all 200 of them are on UFOs, but I do bring it up quite consistently, even with somebody, uh, the lady on for talking about Shakespeare. And I was like, do you think he was an alien? You know, so it'll slip into all conversations, you know, no matter what it's about. Um, but yeah, so my uh, perception of it has come very, very far. And it's simply because I don't isolate myself to any one thing. I, um, you know, I don't hang on to beliefs. I've got ideas because they're so much easier to change. It's from a line, line in a Kevin Smith movie, Dogma. And it's just easy for me to kind of look at things and go, okay, cool. Where's that? Where are we at with this understanding of where am I at with my understanding of myself, what this place is? Because I think there's the, the study of UFOs have, has led me to so many more interesting questions than what are UFOs? You know, like, what is this place? What is, what are you, are you creating this? The idea of solipsism, you know, are you the only thing here? Uh, is everything else just, um, something for you to play with essentially so you don't feel like you're going crazy in a place it's just you there there are so many levels to take this and even into uh when you talk about the idea of uh aliens snatching you up and the idea of the abduction versus something like contact where they invited in and they're like yeah yeah take me versus this idea of oh i got picked up it was a horrible experience like what is that about because there's a lot of laws of the universe that say that that goes against sovereignty and in that way uh you would say then that um maybe again it's just like you at a level so every all the entities or whatever especially the ones that can put hands on you are you just another version of you and so therefore that's why it doesn't violate any of the sovereignty issues now um i think there are a lot of ways to look at all of this stuff i've come from the nuts and bolts craft to far beyond it it the idea that they're strictly or exclusively coming from other planets presupposes so many things that i'm very far past and so it presupposes that there are other planets out there for you to go visit, right? And so it automatically puts this realm and this reality in a category that's very defined. Within that realm, you can come up with scenarios in which you could envision things working out to that effect, yes. But to take what other people say is the observ observable reality, define it as your own, and then call that, and then, and then wrap theories around it. The way that I sort of look at this we could take this from a micro scale. So if you if you scale up all the like temporary truths that we know now, because that's what I feel all of this is, it's just things that you temporarily come across and you'll figure out later on are not so, or you were pretty close or you needed to learn that to move on, right? Within all of that idea, there's there's this sort of concept that it can all be boiled down to the elements and the limitations and the beliefs in which you give it. So have you ever seen that movie uh, Apollo 13 with Tom Cruise? Remember that? Or not Tom Cruise. What is that dude's name? Um, uh, the guy from the island. Why can't I? F I'm blanking on this dude's name. Tom Hanks. Thank you. Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> Tom fucking Hanks, right? Uh, okay. So, um, uh, man, I got off track. I knocked you off. Yeah. No, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, what was I talking about, dude? So, with, uh, I guess, what, what movie were we talking about? Paul 13. 
you. So Apollo 13. Thanks, guys. It's been an interesting week. All right. So in Apollo 13, they take this box of shit, right? They go and they say, hey, this is all they have on the aircraft to solve the problem at hand. And they dump the box down. And then there's this just arrangement of different objects, tape, whatever. And these are the things in which they can solve that challenge. This is what, again, disciplines, the education systems, things like this do. They tell you that, okay, there may be other things outside here, but you're only allowed to solve problems in your reality within this box. And so from that, that's where limitations begin. That's when you introduce other ideas, sort of such as like uh, you create your reality with your thoughts and the way that you think actually physically manifests and that there's nothing outside of yourself, nothing happens to you. It's all brought through you based on your paradigm to create the next breath. And there's only the moment of now and you create your past, present, and future, if they exist at all beyond the current moment, in the current moment. So this idea of past that you've experienced, all of those things, but to get there, you go through all the rabbit holes of all of the shit with the UFOs. And I love all of it. Now, I'm not excluding any of it. And I will first and foremost say that I have no clue what's going on here. But I, I have looked very, very far into the philosophies of this. I walk this realm, whatever this is, um, with just multiple lenses of perception that don't bother me that they're at odds with one another that um, I'm fine if the earth is flat and round. I'm, I'm actually, it's cooler if it's flat because it means so many more cool things, right? And I love that conversation. I'm not a flat earther though. Like I'm fine if it's not. It just, to me, has to do with how you view this place and what you want to get out of it. And the more that I looked at this, the more I saw it, I first absolutely saw this in myself. And you step out of the character that you've been playing here and you become the actor that you were playing the character. And that's when you're like, oh, I'll detach from the role, and then now I'm writing my own script. Now I'm doing my own shit. And even through, again, with the UFO phenomenon, you come through the stair steps of, okay, well, uh, nuts and bolts craft, and that's pretty fucking cool. But uh, they may also be a breakaway civilization. It may be all human stuff. Maybe you know none of it's alien at all, and they just kind of have a suit or technology that's just so far beyond that we think that it's that. Another thing is that, uh, yes, they're alien, but they're in an inner earth type of a thing. So actually, there's no out there. It's it's here, but they're within the earth. So they're crypto terrestrials in a sense because they're not extraterrestrials. The other one, back to the flat earth thing, if you want to stretch the realm a little bit, extraterrestrial could mean extra land in this realm. So we're talking beyond the known lands of what we're talking about. There's even a map on the moon that's pretty cool that you guys can check out. That shows extra land because it reflects the continents of the earth in the oh, surface. I've seen this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it has extra land on the outside, kind of like what we're talking about. So in that way, things living over there, perhaps Pleiadians over here, maybe reptilians over there. Maybe if you go that way, thousands of miles past the ice wall, that's where Zeta Reticuli is. It's just another land mass in this infinite plane. And so extraterrestrial would mean an extra part of this land, right? You have that, you have the uh, interdimensional theory, which is in my mind very tied to the um, time travel theory, which I absolutely love that one as well. Future humans uh, coming back in time machines or past humans in super advanced craft coming forward to our future and being like, what the fuck is going on? You know, we thought you guys would have your shit together. Um, and then, you know, there's everything in between. Again, down to even that it's a psychosemantic phenomena that you're creating all of it. Um, I, I love all of it and I'm fine if it's all true or none of it's true or any of that, man. I just take it in all the directions. I'm okay with it. Yeah. I, I like the theory. Um, to be fair, I know um, flat earths are labeled crazy, but that's one thing I hate about the way society is set up. 
that you can just label someone with an out such an out there theory just as crazy off the bat when really they're just investigating to me yeah just asking questions that's all it is that's because they the rabbit hole that um i've been on with, with Aaron as well is always leads to the antarctic right so when you strip it back to what you've just said like that could be that well there could be more past the antarctic because you're not actually allowed to travel that far through there so are they hiding something is there something below have they frozen over something or is there something past it or is it just energetic sort of like an out of bounds for the realm like the game and if you go past a certain degree and you walk so far in a certain direction the game resets itself they can't let anybody out there otherwise all the progress is lost you know there are a myriad of ways in which you could view this place and all of them absolutely unfalsifiable you any of the things that i'm talking about i have no idea but absolutely could be 100 true and way more like there's the unknown unknowns that i come across all the time things that i didn't even know i didn't even know the questions i even thought to ask based on the information now i'm just like holy shit and it just takes you in this whole new direction not not beyond uh, simulation theory or something like that. The, um, you know, your brain in a vat sort of idea that your reality is just as far as you can stretch. Um, they can, you know, because you would really only need to apprehend the perception of the occupant. You wouldn't need to make it as vast and like real so that everything was real. You would just need to anything rendered in the per perspective of the occupant would be solid or rendered as such. And so just it's all signals. It's it's all signals. So all of it's apprehendable. Uh, and it's just very interesting when you start looking at this stuff, especially the subjective nature of the contact phenomena itself, how people perceive the entity, entities and interactions, how people perceive craft, multiple people standing there, maybe two or three see it out of five. Uh, and then even those two or three maybe didn't see the same thing. They see something different. Uh, you have amazing stories of uh, just all kinds of incredible things happening where multiple witnesses standing there, some see absolutely the same thing and again, some don't. Uh, Near-death experiences where three people cross over at the same time, all three were greeted, all three greeted by different entities that they believed would be there, and then all three came back and survived to tell the tale, only to find that, yes, the commonalities were that they all left, they were all greeted, mm -hmm. and they came back, but from then in between, all of it was different and subjective, so it was all up to each person. So just like the contact phenomena, just like psychedelics, just like near-death experiences, just like honestly anything, it's all your perception that governs all of it. It's even more fascinating. Yeah, that's a really, really good way of looking at it. So with UFOs at the moment, what do you have any thought around why the US government are deciding now to jump on and say, well, there are, there are UFOs or UAPs? Let me ask y'all, do you think disclosure is important? Disclosure. Yeah, like the governments of the world coming out and saying, hey, UFOs are real, we've been lying to y'all. Do you find it to be important for you? I find it important that they've hidden something from us. Okay. What about you, brother? Yeah, well, I've already got a lot of distrust with governments and establishment anyway, so... If they came out and said they had UFOs, I would be like, oh, I, I expect it from you to be hiding something like that. But then it, it makes us ask the question, well, why are you telling us now? Because we're suspicious about yeah, it. Yeah, because we're suspicious. It, may, yeah, it makes you think, why now? What, what's the reason behind it? What have you got planned next? 
what do you guys feel right now is the next step from the from the governments of the world as far as ufos go just asking your i'm just project, asking your project plebeam <laughs> fucking a right <laughs> so do you think that they are working maybe in conjunction with an extraterrestrial race to slowly drip out information to get us all cognitively ready for some sort of contact this is something i thought about um like an intergalactic space um like a good they're like an intergalactic government and they're working with them to make us an intergalactic species yeah something like that yeah that is something i have thought about um but if they were working with intergalactic species and these species were so advanced how would they not look at the world and be like don't fuck around with Ukraine, just leave it and we will. Like, if there's peace on the world, then surely they'll be like, oh, you, you, you guys are ready now. You can join the, join the, um, I don't know what to call it. The Galactic Federation of Austin's. Yeah, the Galactic <laughs> Federation. <laughs> Kim, what do you think? If, uh, do you think the governments of the world are working with some sort of Galactic Federation or even some race of entities, malevolent or not? Um, I, I, I can't see them working with, with, much D depending on I'm, I'm looking at it from a sense of good and evil um for example i'm going to use what you said about time travel as an example if, if time travelers came from many many times ago when we are pretty sure they were advanced civilizations they're not helping us advance in any way and if, if, if they were traveling up here to, to help us advance we should actually be looking at the world as a better place but then it's well, are the evil ones, the ones that took over trying to advance and, and, and trying to sort of cause evil on us. And it can be said the same for intergalactic species. Is it evil that's come in? So they want world domination. Maybe these um, extraterrestrial aliens want world domination as well. So they're working with them on that front. So if it's an evil, then I can see it. If it's for a good, there's no, there's nothing that's showing me that it's a good thing. Um, if they are in in partnership, do you do you feel that evil and good are real things, or do you think that maybe they're man made? That's a really good question. Um, that's something the sort of thing that we touch on a lot in the podcast. I would like to say the real things, but when you actually strip things back to the bare bones, most things are man made. So, yeah. I would probably be leaning more towards them on me. So then that actually makes my thought process a bit deep, uh, obsolete because, well, we don't know, right? We don't know if what the government are doing right now is the right thing. Yeah. And then you ask yourself, like, what kind of aliens would align with the government we find in such detest, you know? And then if so, are the aliens being bamboozled? We're sitting here maybe just going, holy shit, look what we did to the indigenous peoples of this land. And our governments did when trust treaties were given and hands were shaken. You know, maybe these uh, extraterrestrials are getting bamboozled by us. And maybe they're just as, I don't know, uh, frail, you know, emotionally or mentally. Who knows? You know, there's a lot of, again, suppositions. We the, the other side, which I could go down as well, is the sort of occultism side. Maybe they've gone back to sort of a certain level of occultism where they've managed to make contact with a different planet, for example, and called oh, them. Yeah, they're using occultism to go through the dimensions. Yeah, to call them over here. 
Yeah. And do you think that that's then relegated to good and evil? Like that morality plays a part in if you're able to contact entities or not? I think from where we sort of define good and evil, we define it from religious texts, right? I feel uh, every nation and planet has been attached to some kind of religion. So all of our morals have been through religious texts. But those texts have had to start from somewhere. So this is where I go, go down sort of with ancient civilizations. What did they know that we don't know? Yeah, yeah. And I... they have written this, these stories down in these books and passed it down. It's lasted millennia. Yeah, and the stories and concepts that are hidden, it's very interesting because then you you go into the UFO community and you start talking to folks that talk about the anti-gravitic work that's being done like in people's garages and stuff, and they say that it's surprisingly right under your nose. So you could kind of empathize a little bit, not with the evils of it. I, I feel that there was a time when it was much more enlightened and shared and that there's just some sort of fall of man that occurred that needed for this evolutionary process to take to occur that we're in now. And so it feels that there was some sort of apprehension of it, but it's alarmingly like right here, right under your nose. And then when you discover anti-gravity, you actually get time travel and interdimensional travel and multiverse travel and all that stuff. So it's really interesting. And again, terrifyingly right here and very accessible for everyone. So then you, you call in the idea of that if anybody can manifest a tulpa, if anybody can astral project, if they practice hard enough, you know, does morality play a part in that? Do you need to be of virtue to be able to access those things here? And if we're talking about sort of the symbolism that we see in the media and everything else, then we would, you know, have to honestly look at it and say, no, even in uh, manifestation, perhaps, where the idea goes is that you create the world with your life, with your mind and your thoughts. And that if you clean up the muck enough and you just get clear enough on what you want and your focus, you can have anything you want and create it here. Nowhere in there does it say that you need to have a good heart or that you need to be kind to people or that you don't step on people along the way. Those are all things that we pick up and that we would prefer to see in the world, but they don't actually exist here. Nothing in this place actually has any meaning whatsoever after what you give it. So the point is here is to make this thing meaningful, right? That's not a hopeless statement. That's a factual statement. But it's a it's a inspiring and empowering statement because it means that whatever you feel disempowered by, whatever has been removing you of your confidence, you absolutely don't need to fucking take anymore. You know, there's this beautiful little sticky note I've got here. If it undermines my worth, it will be replaced. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's very easy, very easy once you see this place to really look at it that way. Now, there's nothing cold hearted about wanting yourself to do better there's nothing cold-hearted about setting clear boundaries for yourself to where others can't cross them and there's nothing wrong or cold-hearted about you wanting a life that you deserve it's it's the methods in which you go about it in which you've been told by the program aren't going to work because they're at odds with your beliefs so a lot of people for instance let's say we'll see the elites right and even when you hear the word elite it's it's um it's got a uh, negative connotation to it, right? It's very loaded. It's it's very, oh, this person's elite. And what does it automatically do? So it automatically separates them from you. And it automatically, just because of the word, the feeling, there's so much power in that one word that it separates and puts them above you. So instantly within that one, those two words, oh, the elites. Now we've done, we've separated ourselves and then we've 
determined that there's a better and worse within the separation and said that this is where this is and this is where we feel that we are. And but this now everything we say after the elite sucks, right? So we've now said that there is a difference, that there's a difference in elevation, that we've determined that this is better, but it sucks. And so therefore, what do we all do? We stay the fuck away from it as far as we can. But what do the elites have a lot of that we also feel would be an empowering resource here? And that is what we've all determined would be that, which is money. So what you do is, is whenever, and this is unconscious, when you're, I don't know if your parents were like this, like you see a Ferrari drive by and your dad was like, oh, piece of shit, probably, you know, fucking whatever. Well, now you've separated yourself from the idea of that. Now your own father you don't want to shame that dude. So what are you going to do? You're going to be as not that as you can. And you're going to subconsciously dive deep within yourself to be as far away from the elites, therefore by proxy, as far away from everything you associate them with, which is also this phenomenally powerful resource here that people sweep under the rug. They focus way too much on, put on pedestals because it's over there, but also we disdain the thing that's over there. Think of it from money's perspective, that poor entity that's a tulpa we've created and we push and pull this toxic relationship with this thing. And it's all simply based on neurolinguistic programming. It's all words. It's the way you speak. It's abracadabra literally translates to, uh, as I speak, I create. And same thing in Genesis, uh, God spoke everything into existence. So your words are incredibly powerful, your attention and your words. And those, those two things are your main sources of power. It's got nothing to fucking do with money. But your feelings about money and your relationship to it have everything to do with the words and the programming around it. So it's just very interesting when you, again, start to look at this kind of stuff that these ideas of good and evil, therefore, there's a separate. So perhaps what we what what some folks have interpreted that to say is, is that there are, there are diametrically opposed energies here, but they exist within dichotomy. So there's a paradox in that one exists here, one exists here but they exist in the same place or the same reality together, but they have nothing to do with one another. But what they do have to do with is the dance of polar opposition. So you have this, you don't have sympathetic re resonance with everything here, but that's what you need so that you can determine sympathetic resonance or so you can be in lockstep with a few select things that will guide you straight through the myriad of higher percentages of shit, not for you. And that's part of the game. It's it's part of this ability for you to see outside of everything and just to go, okay, these are all just options of experience. It's just nothing's going to hurt me. I'm not in any danger. I'm safe where I'm at right now. This world, the media in particular says danger and threat are the same thing, but they're not. They're two very fucking different things. There's danger all around you all the time, but 0% of it is any bit of a threat worth your attention. And it's just interesting to be shown this and then to say, okay, well, what does a world without all that look like? And that's where I've, I've been walking that path for uh, a while now, but very, very lately, it's very bottlenecked and closed into a, a really finite to where it's just been some fine tuning things and some big level up changes and some shedding of what no longer needs. And I just feel great, you know, uh, with the perception I have, because nothing out there uh, determines what happens with me anymore. And that's it. It doesn't rock you from your moment of now, which is where all of your power is. And that's what's so interesting that I've discovered lately for myself personally, is that if you look at it from that stand standpoint, anything out there is going to be able to do one of two things, empower you and get you really, really excited. And immediately what you're going to do is your energy is going to swell 
<clears throat> and then you're going to throw some of it to the future. And you're going to throw some of it around to some people. And then you're going to spread your energy out and then it dissipates down. And then you're back to sort of baseline with this excitement. But the same thing happens when something shitty happens to you from your perspective. If you can maintain the idea that it happens for you, you'll be able to sit back and see that what it also does in the moment is it's able to scatter your energy. All your power, remember, is in the energy and the moment of now. And if something hits you, um, a shock, uh, just anything, uh, you get fired at your job, just just um, some uh, breakup, just anything, it has the tendency to split you. And if you allow that to happen, it'll continue to perpetuate to show you that that's what you're here to do to keep your shit together, no matter what. It's got nothing to do with anything going on beyond anything. Let's say a bomb drops and now you find yourself in a certain situation. Well, it's easy for you to, from your present moment, look to a past version of you and be super pissed off at that dude and be like, why the fuck did you get me here? You know, I know about manifestation. I know about the echo. Why the fuck would your, were your thoughts where they were? You know better than this. And now it's a, it's a hate fest rather than a love fest for a part of yourself. And it's way back there in the past. So now you're way over there and you're yelling at an older version of you that was just doing the best it could with the information it had at the time. And then you've also scattered your energy to the future timelines that haven't even been created yet that you're just going, oh my God, holy shit, this is going to happen. Oh my God, what the fuck? And you're doing all of this from your present moment of now, which you can't find anymore. So the whole goal is to bring your power back to you and to have it right here. This is where all of your vibrational ascension occurs. This is where all of your power is, is right here in this moment. I've, I've ideas for this and uh, ways to help. So if you um, ever find yourself where your mind is just sort of wandering around a bit or anything like that, all you need to do is just say the word change. That's it, good or bad. If you're thinking, oh man, this is gonna be so exciting and I can't wait, change. Oh man, remember that one time that I changed? Get back here, be back with yourself, no matter what. This, in this exercise, get real control over where your mind is and where your focus is and where your attention is, which is right here. If you're having a conversation with someone, don't don't reach for your phone out of habit. If um, you're in the moment, be in the damn moment. Now, when you catch yourself, you're going to be so proud of yourself because no matter what it is, you just stray to a little side road of thought. We all do this constantly. But to be able to recognize it is where you gain so much fucking power. All of it is in your attention, all of it. And this is why I feel that everything out there is so goddamn loud and fear-based and shocking and getting to you on an emotional level and can rock you and ring you in these ways and just throw all your power and just scatter it to the wind. And really with these practices, this is what I feel like we've been doing is just bringing it back to us. Like the T-1000, you know, in Terminator 2, whenever he gets shot or something and a liquid piece of him flies off, it'll pull back together and come back to him. And it's sort of like when you're born here, you're indoctrinated, they just take little pieces of you, sort of like Osiris, you know, with Isis, uh, when she was going around gathering up all the pieces of him and she, they take all the pieces and just scatter him everywhere. Well, that's what happens to you during indoctrination and during domestication, as Don Miguel Ruiz calls it. And then you spend the rest of your time as hopefully a short amount of time as possible, getting all of those pieces or powers back to you. You offer your attention and pieces of you to so many ideas that you don't even think about. This is again, why it's very important to go through your idea inventory and your belief inventory and see do these things that I offer power to still pertain to me? Do these beliefs still mean the same thing? Because if not, you've got a lot of open tabs of energies that are just going in different places in your mind that you don't even know of. 
You've got untapped resources within you that all they need to do is be called back to you. That's it. And it's just got to do with focus and alignment. Tune out the noise. It'll all come right back. Very, very powerful. <laughs> but it, it, it comes to mind something that I thought about um, recently. Um, meditation is obviously really good for you. But meditating and then snapping out of your meditation and, and not actually learning anything doesn't really benefit you as a person. So, cause I had this thought when I was meditating once that, okay, it's all good meditating. I feel refreshed after for the next hour, but then I'm just going to go sit down at my computer and just return to the, to, to the way I was before my meditation. Um, you need to learn what you do in your meditation and apply it to your life. And it's, it's, it's sort of come back to me then when you were, when you were describing what you were describing that until you can learn to be meditating whilst living, whilst actively talking to someone, whilst in a certain situation, something might have gone wrong, something might have gone really well, as, as you've just described. Um, it, it's You've simplified it, but it's sort of what I was thinking about meditating. I need to apply them practices in the real world or else I'm not going to be able to change as a person. Oh, it's great. You, you're you always changing as a person. I'm going to be very clear on that. You're always changing and evolving constantly. Every seven years, every cell in your body has been erased and completely redone. Your eyes regenerate themselves. Every You're constantly changing and evolving. And what's beautiful about this is, like like you said, with, with this idea of pulling your power back to you, what it is is it's a mindfulness practice in itself. This is what I feel meditation is geared towards now. I have admittingly, I'm an animated person. I'm not good at sitting still, and this is just me. Um, if you've ever seen that movie, Accepted, and that guy just runs over and sits for like one second, and he goes, oh, that was amazing, and gets up, you know, when he's supposed to be meditating for hours. But for him, that one second of silence and peace was equivalent to three hours, right? It's relative. So for me, I have uh, had, I've had an active mind my entire life. And so for me, I've learned to dance with it rather than to fight it. And fighting it uh, took a lot of energy and a lot of time. And it allowed it, I allowed my energy to be very scattered in very chaotic ways. But now I realize my strengths and I realize that there, from my perspective, isn't such a thing as good and evil in my reality, that those are two sides of the same coin. And even coins don't have only two sides. They've got the two sides, the heads and tails, but they also have the edge. And then they also have, when they're spinning, the potential. So there's four states of a coin. A lot of people in 3D reality, if you will, only talk about the two because this has a lot to do with their perception. They can only see two sides of a coin. And that's fine. Like, you, need, we need that. We need all that anchoring. You run all the way up through it. And it's a beautiful process. So with with this and with with my internal way of talking with myself, it was really, again, not about that there are evil pieces of me. And this is really what shadow work is all about. Shadow work isn't hating the darkest parts of yourself. It's loving the scariest parts of yourself. And we all have them, but that's what's important. And even if you want to go back to religious texts and uh, one of the more popular, I suppose, would be the Bible, where Jesus and the devil walked around together. They shared the space together. Uh, they are brothers. They are both, you know, again, the yin-yang. It's, it's these two expressions of really duality but it's not what the purpose of this is the purpose is to find your balance within the two and find the middle path and that's expressed in like the tree of life and the kabbalah and things like this there's three lines in there that all points are connected all nodal points are connected by but only the middle one extends beyond above and below the pattern the other two are finite and then taper back in 
this is the concept of duality. We only experience it for a little while. Maybe in other realms of reality is in, in other forms, but I feel only this way. And that illusion dissolves once we're gone from this place, whatever that means. You can dissolve it here. But this is the idea of the middle path and walking the middle way. It's to know that you're not all fucking love and light because that's silly and that you're not evil and that there's no inherent sin or guilt in you to be carried around. That's also a program I feel. And that there is a middle path balance of a do no harm, but take no shit kind of a thing. You know what I mean? And it reminds me of something um, what Jordan Peterson says. Um, he says to find you're in a monster. And then once you're accepted, you've got an inner monster. Get the inner monster under control and use him when the time's right. Yeah, make friends with him. Let him know when it's appropriate to come out and when it's not. And whenever you do such a thing, you will find yourself absolutely liberated. But beyond anything, you'll find yourself whole, which is the greatest idea ever. They're not pieces of you to lock away and to banish, which is what the masks of society encourage. But I will encourage you to be yourself. And that's what my job here is, is to give people back to themselves and to make you realize that you never needed to be saved, first of all, but more importantly, and uh, to the more actionable side of things is that no one's coming to save you. So it's all up to you. Uh, everything ends and starts and ends and begins with you. So uh, if you want something to be different, change it. If you're having a great time being pissed off about things and yelling at your TV rather than taking your kids fishing or something like that, then keep doing that because that's that's a world that you can have. That's an option of experience. No one, again, remember, life is inherently meaningless. Meaningless. You just attach to all kinds of shit along the way. So whenever you find enough things and you sample enough whirlpools along the river of life, you find that, you know, my boat's awesome. I've got a great direction. I've got a wonderful tribe I'm attracting. And really, I'm the deliberate creator of this. And that's the whole point of this thing. And it's about empowerment. If you look out there, a lot of those things just want you to be small, look at them constantly, tune in, make sure that you know what's going on. Oh, tune in, make sure you go, did you guys hear about that? Did you see the... It's, it's a lot of things that you need to be actionable. You got to be aware of. And oh, how could you not take this seriously? You know, a lot of that kind of stuff. It's an option of experience, but it's not an in inevitability. Just like this great reset and Klaus Schanel Schwab wet dream and this Nazi shit. It's not, it, it doesn't, uh, it's an idea proposed. But again, I feel it's to motivate you. I don't, I don't believe in a bad guy. And I do use the B word on that. Uh, beliefs, the word believe for me is very, uh, if I get it out of my mouth, it's very deliberate, except to say how much I don't use it. But I don't believe in a bad guy. I feel this is a ride, a play, and a, a beautiful gift of experience that we get to learn. And we do that through something called time, which you know we get change over duration, which is what time offers us. And that's why we can all walk around confidently and go, oh, there's no time except for here, and time doesn't exist, and it's not real. Well, it's here right now, and we do experience it, or we've at least been told that we experience it. So therefore, we create the experience of it. And really what I feel is you're, you're here to learn, like Dolores Cannon said, to manipulate energy. You're here to be an alchemist. You're here to take the things that you feel are coming at you and alchemize them into a thing that creates back to you what you do want to see instead. And focusing on what you don't like and offering a lot of attention on the shitty things here and the problems and looking at what's broken and very focused on that is going to perpetuate it. And if you're done seeing things that way, then change it. And your reticular activating system will kick into gear and change it for you. It's fascinating. When it's you say um, you think the Great Reset's there to motivate you, yeah, you mean it in the sense that it's going to motivate individuals to take back their power? Yes. I think that's what the lizard turds are. I, I think that just like a dear friend of mine, Pat Mahan, says that it's a play. 
and that um, there is a direction for life's greatest advancement here as it can pertains to something called the law of one. They're universal laws. No one is going to argue against these damn things. They're universal. Anything that goes against that is to be corrected or is to motivate the correction. So let's say that consciousness goes into a tier pattern. And let's say for a little while, consciousness drifts into a way that's so small in perception away from itself and away from its true goals, which is not away from anything. It's still part of the plan. Let's say as it does this, then there's a correction. Whenever we dip down, you've heard that things, uh, hard, hard times make uh, hard men, hard men make weak times, right? Okay, all of that then occurs, but that occurs as a recoiled expectancy. Nothing is accidental, you know what I mean? Perhaps. So if, if you look at it like a course correct, and we're course correcting to a negative, let's say, then a dramatic course correct to the other side would be needed to get us back on track if not done smoothly. So that's all up to you. That's all up to us. What's fascinating about this, again, you, you're probably the only one here. That's all you can really say. The things coming out of the TV, even me sitting here now, you can't prove that I'm real at all. And when you really release this idea that everything you're being fed is a true and actual, when you sit with yourself and you say, I'm not this body, this is just a tool that I'm driving around for a little while, the game absolutely changes because your perspective can change. Now with this, let's go back to our example, consciousness drifting in one direction may just swing back the other. And maybe this is a pendulum of experience. Now, let's say that maybe here everything is energetic equal and opposite, okay? This law of opposites, right? When one thing happens, it needs to be balanced out on another side. It's because that's what we seem to view here. Now, if one were to say that we are ascending, well, then what's also occurring at the same time based on those laws? We're expanding as a consciousness. From our linear perspective, we would say that we're going up and they're going down. And the thing about it is they have to go down at an equal and opposite rate of our ascension. So the more we strive up, the more they need to be shitty and down and low and pull. Now, this is what, again, maybe the Dolores Cannon idea is about, this literal physical split. Because there's so many things in my life, I don't talk to the same people, I don't even know if they were real in the first place, but they don't come around. Nothing is the same in my life. And simply because I chose a different frequency, I chose to get, first of all, my relationship with myself figured out and to turn out all the noise. After that, I started creating from there. Now, if you could say then that as we ascend up this spiral, as we've called it, the others need to descend again in the other direction for everything to be balanced out. And it's also represented in the toroidal field with as it goes up and spirals up from the top and out around, it spirals up and down and around the top as well from the opposite direction, equal and opposites, Merkabas, spin in opposite direction, all of these things, it's counters. So if you say this, the higher we ascend and the more love and light, the more shitty shit you're going to see until you don't. And that's the question. What does that look like? What does that split look like when it's actually not visible here anymore? Is it in another dimension? Is it just on the other side of the planet? Is it that they all go underground and we live on the surface? Like, what does this look like? Do we beam out of here and do aliens come down? Like for legit. And they go, actually, you motherfuckers all got this right. You know, you pass the test as it were. And so we're going to take you to where your vibration has matched to they're going to stay here and be on this earth in this other vibration that they've anchored for you and created. Now, this sounds very biblical, doesn't it? Whenever you start getting into this shit, you start talking about revelation. You start talking about, I'm going to go somewhere because I made the right choices and they're going to go somewhere because they didn't. And this is where the idea leaves me. 
it's energetic. It's just energetic because at a level, if we really follow this idea and we scale it all the way up, you're everything that's here. You're every character. You're every little bird. You're every little NPC you think walking around back there. So even those parts of you that are like, all right, man, I'm going to take one for the team. This is their true soul's desire to get the shots, to put all the badges of all the things they support that said Facebook says they should on their profile pictures, uh, to make sure that you know that everything you're doing is wrong and everything they're doing is right. Like, you are playing the fuck out of that role because you have to. And at the end of all of this, all parts of you, the good and the bad, just like in a play, the heroes and the villains, we all come out and we bow together for this amazing experience and performance. And no matter how you perceive it in this place, how horrible, how catastrophic, uh, how catastrophized it is or how boring or shitty or horrific or any of those kinds of things. It doesn't matter. It's all part of the game and it's just what you make out of it. So if your job here is to sit here and be scared by everything that's coming at you and you still think view things as coming at you, then sit with that. It doesn't need to be that way. You know, find out why do I feel that way? Why have I been told? Why did, Oh, it's a past. Oh, my five-year-old version of me when my dad and mom were fighting and this happened and then they yelled about money. And then that's why it's so hard for me to, oh, I see it. And yeah, every time we passed a Ferrari or when my dad's friend got a promotion and he didn't, he yelled at that friend and then they lost his best friend of forever over money. So I don't ever want money. And you can find all these fascinating ideas that you've just been offering your uh, energy to this entire time that you just simply just go, no, thank you. And you reinterpret them from where you are now. Because that's all memories are. They're made up versions of what you think happened. But really, you have the moment of now in which you alchemize all of that shit. And that's what all of this leads you to is your understanding that your power is right here in the moment of now. So you, you've been working to get to this level that you're at, which is an incredible level, uh, I must say. But how long, like what, what's, what's the path that took you in this direction, first of all? I'd say the whole damn time there are interesting things that I do now that uh, my mom would tell me that I did as a like toddler like before I could remember um, like really interesting things like she would walk in when I was like uh, two or three or something crazy and I had all of my crayons um, lined up like end to end but I made like um, a path with like equally spaced crayons so they were a path all the way around and I like meandered all the way around the room as some sort of city or labyrinth or something like that a maze and i'm just like sitting in the middle of it with my little pacifier and i made this elaborate fucking crazy thing on the ground and my mom was just like what the fuck is this and now, <laughs> uh we have a labyrinth out back like that i mow um this acre part of our property that we have i let the middle part grow up and now i snake through it with my um, mower and then i mow a labyrinth through so we walk it barefoot you've got the tall grass that grows up all around it and meanders around it's cool as shit it's like 1200 steps or something like that uh, yeah so it's a good amount of land and so now i sit there and i say oh all these older versions of me every step that i took in any direction all the interests i've had comics all these kinds of things i'm still very involved in we found it a publishing house uh and so i'm huge into storytelling into animation into all of those and i've been a fan of all of this shit since i was a kid and i've also been just super outgoing and animated and all those kinds of things so that makes getting a message out and also uh, getting out of my own way to be able to attract the right wisdom into my life, uh, that makes it an easier process. And it's been something, um, honestly, that I've been very mindful of for, I mean, over 20 years, I guess at 18, I moved out of my house. Um, and there was a huge, like, you know, there's challenges in the home. We had a, a massive move. Like it was just the cocktail of, all right, you're doing this now. This is one of these huge redirects that you talk about. 
Um, I smoked pot for the first time, never even knew what drugs were until I was 18 and moved down to Houston. Um, uh, very toxic, uh, challenging home that ended in some physical abuse that had never happened before. So just really, really weird. It all stayed on me, which is perfect. Um, then tried psychedelics for the first time ever uh, with acid, had an incredibly challenging trip, but it was incredible. Again, got this idea of unity consciousness, could sort of see the pieces of things interconnected with that. Uh, got introduced to conspiracy theories and learning that the uh, media was full of shit and that things going on out there could not be trusted. Then um, just shortly after the abuse stuff led to me moving out of my home two days after graduation. So I'm 18 years old. I grabbed that guitar back there and two bags full of whatever the fuck I could go. And then on foot, no car, just left. And so that big move. And then right after that, shortly, I was handed the book Conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh. And all of these things happened within a year and a half time period that packed in massive mood, move, cultural shock, uh, uh, traumatic uh, split from the safety of the home and all that that meant. Um, introduction into conspiracy theories, uh, psychedelics and mind expansion as well as um, unity conscious and spirituality all within the same little packet of time. And it set me on the course that I've been on it. It's not it. I'll let you know. I, I just now turned a corner, honestly, like two days ago, to be honest with you, to where I just figured out some huge shit. And so really you're catching me on the, the, I mean, where I'm, where I'm most at with this, like, I'm not still formulating an idea that I'm, I'm still working on. Like I just had a, a huge fresh awareness that I'm now integrating. And so there's a grace period there and I know my cycles with these things. And so I get a little bit of a grace period to really work through that, really integrate. And then um, we just look forward to the next level up. And so I know my job here and I know what I'm supposed to be doing. And so I've offered myself of service. And what that means is destroying the old me, which, uh, you know, had a lot of things that could have been changed anyway. I mean, fine guy did great. Got me here. Absolutely. There were some perspective things and then some anchors that were necessary for survival that no longer are. And so those are things that I've been clearing out and uh, coming to integration points with. And really out of all of it, uh, there's been a lot in there, guys. I've, I've walked down the tunnels of this side paths and seen other ways and found other routes and things like that, which there's an infinite number of. But what I can say is to skip you ahead, uh, at least a dramatic part of this is just to really stay focused on where your mind is. Get your relationship right with you. Don't let anyone else define you ever. Don't ever define leaders outside of yourself. You know, mentors and things like this, people you find amazing, absolutely never compromise your boundaries for anyone else. Have boundaries when necessary. Be flexible when appropriate. All of these things, right? A fluid lack of rigidity, but in flow and with boundaries. There's this ebb and flow that you really dial in here. It's got a lot to do with confidence. It's got a lot to do with... Uh, taking a lot of wrong roads yourself so you know what not to do. A hundred percent of it is your perception. One hundred percent. For instance, I don't believe in uh, failure. I believe in feedback. I don't, I've never failed at anything. I've got a fuckload of feedback. I can tell you a thousand ways not to start a podcast, you know, uh, but uh, same thing with this. I can um, tell you that the idea of getting your mind right with where you are in the present moment is huge and being able to control your mind and be in sync with your mind is huge. I can recommend um, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Dr. Joe Dispenza. Just finished that one. Um, highly recommend that book. And any that I've mentioned here tonight, I mean, all those are, are awesome. 
Um, and then just get get your shit figured out with you. Uh, turn the goddamn news off. Uh, take some walks in nature. Be barefoot in the ground at least 10 minutes a day. I'm just going to rattle off a few fucking things. You should drink a lot of water. Um, add sea salt to your water. Don't just drink straight water because you're flushing your shit out. You need to mineralize your water. Uh, just get get your shit figured out with you. Uh, that's That's the best advice that I've got. Sit with your heart and really figure out what you want in this place, who you are, and don't let anyone else rock you from it. So you mentioned a, a book, uh, Conversations with God, which was important to you at a certain part of your life. How was that of input? So yeah, from what you guys you... heard of this? No, I, I've never heard of this book. Oh oh my God. God. All right. Well, this is the rest of y'all's day. Go ahead and just order this. <laughs> this is this is book one. Uh, Neil Donald Walsh is this fellow's name. This is book one. There's three in the series. He's written 39 books in 37 different languages or the other way around. Um, and this dude changed my fucking life. This is the he is the reason I'm not an atheist. And I could say that because uh, coming out of where I was in the situation at home, um, the home I left, then it uh, it was a very Christian house. That's where I was raised, all that good stuff. So I wanted remember, like we said earlier, as far the fuck away from that as possible. Right. And so whenever I took that route. It didn't include God from there because the example I had of God was what my parents example of God was. And I never connected with that God. So. From there, I was just fine with being an atheist. I was like, cool, nothing's going on. I'm good with that. I was very going into scientific shit as well. And you I mean right-handed this this book, and it was perfect. It it tied everything together. And so with this understanding, uh, it's literally a conversation between him and God. And it was my first glimpse at unity consciousness and this idea that there is no hell and all of these things. It was just so fucking profound to me. He was like, yeah, Hitler went to heaven. And I'm like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? But um, now it makes all the sense in the world and um, absolutely adore this man. It actually changed my life. And then 20 years later, I had him on the show. He's he's back there in the archive, Neil Donald Walsh. Oh, nice. I'll check out your, your show with him. One, a bit of a sort of tangent um, from what you've talked about quite a lot through, through uh, this episode. You've talked a lot about belief and how belief is, in a sense, artificial. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In there's a theory of the past uh, in an ancient time that we uh, our DNA was um, manipulated to then have a worship gene. So do you? Uh, I'm sure you've heard the theory, but do you feel like that's quite relevant? That we are all sort of worshiping. We're all led to believe we need to worship something, whether it be a celebrity idol on the TV, whether it be a god. Um, uh, whether it be well, uh, completely anything, we we worship everything. We worship in the sense of believe that we believe everything is real, right? So, do you think there's like, aspects of that with us today, and then there's aspects of us b prior to the uh, belief gene or the worship gene, where we can still get in touch with that that sort of realm of not having that gene? Um, I I feel that. You know, even the recognition of that gene is interesting. It shows an interconnectivity in this place, right? It shows the desire for us as a, at an innate level to know that we're part of something much, much, much bigger. And I think that that's built in on purpose. I think it's dulled even more so on purpose. So I feel that the even organization of religions was perhaps started to articulate some of those bigger purposes and concepts and then figured out that they should probably put some of those things under wraps. And that's why we get some of the secret societies. And again, these people who hide information, which may lead to some breakaway civilization type ideas, which I fucking love. 
but also you could say that maybe within this is that's its evidence is it's that you are the creator that you're so powerful that you can detect something within you that then you tell people hey you've got this anyway so just turn it off don't worry about it and one of the greatest they say one of the greatest uh, things the devil ever did was convince this place that he wasn't real I think one of the more interesting things is that we created all of this shit and that we continue to create it, even though mounds of evidence of personal data and personal observation give way to the gene that we do have in us that says that we have a tribal desire to fit in and we don't want to be ostracized. And so therefore we let a lot of dumb shit go by and don't stand up for it. But that time is absolutely over. I think that was necessary to get us to the point of where it needed to be there so that we could say, that's fucking done and we're not moving forward with it. It no longer serves. And so what I feel we're going through with our time right now is just a collective purging. We're all going through something. I'm going through massive level ups constantly. I'm very deliberately focused on it though. So there's a difference that I'm, I am riding the waves intentionally. A lot of people are just feel like they're in a flood that they got swept away by. All you've got to do is orient yourself, get right with yourself. You rise right to the top and you ride this motherfucker. That's all it is. So if you think about like we're having these kind of conversations and all the conversations we've had on the show and things, my parents don't talk about these things. They have no concept of this stuff, but they're still experiencing the same energies that we are. So the way I've likened it is like um, that everybody got uh, like acid got put in the water supply and everybody's tripping, but I'm the only one that's tripped before. So I know what this is. You know what I'm saying? Or a few of us know psychonauts know what this is like yourselves. We, we know what's going on. So we know therefore how to trip sit with our with the pieces of ourselves while tripping ourselves. And so it's this interesting time for us all just to step up and to really declare our sovereignty and to know, again, no one's coming to save you. And then it's all up to you what happens next. So create where you want from a deliberate place in your heart. A lot of what you're saying, so last year I went, so me and Cam started this journey, 2021, November 2021. Um, and at the beginning of last year, I started looking into Stoicism and a lot of what you're saying sort of resonates with the teachings of Stoicism as well to forget about what's going on out there. The external factors don't matter. It's all about what's going on with you and control yourself. Um, I'm once I started, I wouldn't say, I think I wouldn't say I'm an expert at doing that because sometimes I do fall into the trap of, Oh, what's happening with AI? Oh, they might take my job or like blah, blah, blah but are you aware of it in that moment i am aware of it and then i have to pull myself away no no no. you don't have to anything you're given the opportunity to show how powerful you are okay raising is yeah. different right okay it's a gift everything is here everything here is a gift and when you see it that way it really changes the game it really changes the game. so what you are doing and i'm very proud of you so you're way ahead as far as percentages go this is the what we call the dunning kruger effect or what everybody calls the dunning kruger effect People with high intelligence don't think they're doing a great job. People with very low intelligence think they've got it all figured out and can't learn anything new. And this is one of the beautiful balances here, right? Now, I would consider you in the former category, of course, my friend. You're you're doing great simply because you have an internal dialogue. You're not an NPC. Well done. And then also um, that you recognize it from an observer perspective with no judgment of yourself. Now, this is the, the important part of this because now that we've just rephrased it, that you don't have to do anything because you weren't drawn away you were giving yourself the opportunity to float so that you could see how powerful you are. Do you see the difference? That's 
empowerment. Okay, so just by these simple turns of phrase, it's NLP, Neuro Linguistic Program, that's all it is. Take the word trying out of your vocabulary. None of you have used it. I'm just saying as an example, you don't try to do anything. Trying is a verb and you will absolutely get those results. It's very deliberate here. So even things like, um, oh, I have to go to the store or something like that. No, man, you get to walk around through this 3D environment and go to a place and interact with other souls and heal that room. Because from this book, again, Neil Donald Walsh, the biggest thing out of there that I took from the age of 18, every time I've looked into the eyes of somebody else, I've seen myself because of that book. And it's because I can't look around this place and not see me. There have been times I haven't been as proud as I would have for what I have done to us. But what I did for us was show me that that's not the way to go. And that I can articulate it in to millions more people that need to experience it the way that I did it. And all you need to do is change you. And it's fascinating, again, whenever you re-articulate this shit, but again, you being able to, my friend, first of all, give yourself that gift, which we all do all the time. You give yourself a gift and an opportunity, but you recognize it as a gift. And you said, hang on, I'm going to put myself, I'm going to invite myself back to the present moment. And that's what it is. Not get back over here, you fucking whatever. You <laughs> stray over there. It's, hey, why don't we come back to the present moment? Change. Let's let's come back here. Let's Let's come back to where we are. And the more you invite yourself to do that, it'll be an automated response. And then it'll be just something you're with. And then if you do want to sit, perhaps a meditation, perhaps something like that, and fantasize about something awesome or write down all your goals about what you want out of life or script out your perfect day, then you delegate time for that. But as far as your daily workings, when you really catch that 90% of everything you do is in the subconscious action, meaning all that shit that was just programmed in, you have no idea what's going on. That's why you can drive to work and have no clue or remember of the drive but you did so many damn things in between there to keep everybody and you alive, right? That These automatic actions are what you want to just become aware of. And that's what you bring to light whenever you say, hey, buddy, I'm going to invite you back to this present moment because my subconscious said it's habitual for me at this time when my mind goes blank for one second to think about this and then to think about that and then oh, what's that and then squirrel off into these fucking things. And then what I'm doing is I'm missing my moment, which is right here. And it's all around you all the time and you're offering it to all sorts of other things. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. There's no right or wrong here. I must reemphasize this, I feel. Any of it's an option of experience. You can do anything you fucking want. But if it feels that the that where you guys are and this audience is, is on a more direct path to empowerment, you're done being told that this place is a certain thing and that you're not part of it, right? With this, you become a deliberate creator. And you just simply, again, are aware of the way that you operate and think, not pissed off at the way that you've done things, not upset at the person back there, that one second ago version of you that said that thing that you're like, oh, why the fuck did I? None of that. You're you're right here. Be in your present moment and be proud of who you are and love yourself for everything you've done right now, all the time. This is such an empowering message. And the way I'm sort of gauging it as well is everything that you do in your life is an experience. Every single thing is an experience and it's about not taking those experiences for granted like many of us do every single day um because you can even look at it like the pure fact that well this for example we can talk to you from the other side of the world like that I, we're getting as a society are getting to that level now where we're taking this for granted but when you strip it back a bit and look at it this is absolutely amazing yes yeah and that we're able to connect and able to connect these ideas because who knows maybe there's a sentence in here that i've said that one one of your audience members would just go holy shit and take to someone else and then that person will take it to an army and then it'll just absolutely go nuts and none of it would have happened without this miracle that's this conversation and for y'all inviting me on and all of these wonderful things so mm. 
is a beautiful moment, a beautiful everything. And so that's what I'd also like to encourage is just to ignore or just disoblige completely, not even ignore like, oh, it's over there and I just can't look. Disoblige that shit. It doesn't apply to you. If it's going on out there, it doesn't fucking apply to you. Number one, you're, I'm not going to talk shit, but what I will say is it's, there's a lot of supposition in your confidence that what you are seeing is real and does have an effect on you and does apply to you. A lot of hubris in that. A lot of, oh, it's all, oh, yeah, 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 that, that affects me maybe you know what I mean it affects you if you choose for it too but I can tell you this I haven't watched mainstream media in uh well over a year and a half two years maybe even longer and even then it was just to go where are we at okay god (laughs) and I'll tell you I've never been more happy uh things have never been more thriving in my life I've never been more personally grounded and I do not feel like I'm missing out on anything the only thing I'm missing out on is being lied to and being um subjecting myself to the opportunity to go back to the training wheels that got me to the understandings that are here now. I'm not going to keep strapping training wheels onto my bike. It limits my mobility. I don't need them anymore. And so I don't even fuck with it. We're moving that way. Same to the, you know, a lot of um, folks, once they get to real realizations and it's awesome to get there, you, you get uh, the truth, but you, then you get pissed and you get scared and you get all those things, you know, and that's a valuable place to be. But Remember, you don't have to stay there very long either. Like you don't have to constantly reinforce with yourself, your peer groups or associate with those that do that only want to still talk about the problems, right? Uh, there, There's an actionability in being able to recognize certain situations, but then also being able to recognize the gift that is for your deliberate creation within that. So what I mean in just a very literal term is if you're constantly like going, oh my God, this is happening and they're going to take our this and our rights are being restricted because of this. And there's a there's an energy to that uh, that doesn't offer solutions. It only offers fear. And so, and even though it may offer solutions, but the solutions are all so fear-based and all, all so rooted in this scared person that just is trying to do the best they can and does have information, but doesn't know how to alchemize it to a useful point yet. That's okay. We're all here. We're I've been through that. We've all been through this. So just keep moving forward. Tend your garden. That's honestly the most best, amazing advice anyone could ever give you. Watch your energy. Where is it going? Your attention is your currency. What are you looking at? What are you focused on? If it's something you don't want, change it. Say the word change when you find yourself drifting, good or bad, whatever, uh, past or present, anything like that, made up, not. Be present. Be present in all things. Just keep that Keep that shit on lockdown. I think um, something which uh, me and Aaron have done this year is we decided to quit um, alcohol and when we first decided or were deciding to do to quit alcohol there was and it, and it brings me to what you said because something perked when uh, something near the beginning and then something you've just said now where you stopped watching mainstream news and you thought you would have had the fear of missing out but you don't actually have the fear of missing out the exact same things happened with me and, and i know it's happened with Aaron that we were we had fomo um fear of missing out about quitting alcohol oh we're not going to be we're going to miss out on this party we're going to miss out on hitting the town uh this time but i would say within a a month of quitting drinking we were both like i'm not missing it we're not missing out we we feel so much better we've originally planned to quit drinking for a year but we're six months in and i'm pretty happy just to go on for the rest of it i'm so fucking proud of (laughs) y'all i'm fucking proud of y'all congratulations boys it's not 
Man, it's the biggest, it's one of the best things you can do for yourself. And I'm, I'm grateful for you for admitting that vulnerability as well, or, or being honest about accessing vulnerability whenever you felt that you were going to be left out, because a lot of emphasis is put on the fact that, oh, you're not going to fit in. Remember, it's back to the observable reality of this probably isn't good for me moving forward. And I would like to do things differently to serve me differently. And then also seeing in your reality being told, actually, no, 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 like, don't be a square. Like you got to fit in. You're not going to get laid if you don't drink or whatever. And so there, there are these different ideals that are being presented to you. And I love this one example right here because this is the one of the best ones ever in society. Hey, got to do it. It's amazing. Holy shit. But then in your heart of hearts and what you're seeing all the successful people do that you give a shit about and, and, and that are walking in the direction you want to go, all of them have said, yeah, oh yeah, we left that behind. That's, that's no longer part of us moving forward. You do whatever the hell you want. No one judges anyone on this side of the fence, bro. No one. You go for it. Let that freak flag fly because it's it's you. Alan Watts was shithoused all the time. Like that dude was fuck as fuck for a lot of his life, right? So there's no judgment on any of this stuff. I can say for me, it was an ancestor uh, healing thing back in my line. Um, my dad's dad and all of that family, since alcohol was invented, they used it as a coping mechanism and just kept handing their problems down to the next generation. And there's a saying that I got early on in my life that it happened in my family until it happened to me. And I'll be good goddamned if that I'm not the biggest embodier of that. All the insecurity issues my family had stop with me. The alcoholism stops with me. There are so many things that I have changed specifically out of desire to go, yep, I'm, I'm here to embrace all this for my lineage, whatever that means. Now, my brother, my younger brother, that's of the same dad, um, this dude quit drinking, uh, I guess, a year after I did. And he's now, I guess, about where we are, six, about six months in. And I didn't even know. He didn't tell me at first. He said, I wanted to make it over the hump before I even told you. I was like, dude, what the fuck, right? And he said the same thing. He goes, man, I saw you doing it. Uh, he goes, everybody successful is doing this. And so I just figured, why the fuck? And now, though, let me ask you this. How do you all feel? Amazing. Amazing. It's a weird feeling of being, I don't know how to explain it properly. It's a, more of a personal feeling, but it's like you feel more yourself. You feel more in tune with yourself. Wherever then, alcohol's an escapism, right? So I've absolutely just subtracted all escapism basically out of my life with escaping alcohol. Even me and Aaron have the discussions where since I've quit alcohol, even when I'm watching TV, which I would have just watched junk before, I'm watching things which it, it might still be considered junk to someone else, but what I'm watching actually has an impact on me. And it might just be a certain deep story um, of a movie, but it, it plays more of a personal story on me. And I I'm, I'm feel connected to things more. Yeah, that's it. You feel connected. I'm so, my heart is so huge right now for you, motherfucker. <laughs> I got to say, I'm so proud of y'all. Like, I'm just so grateful. I can feel it. I've been getting lit up as you're talking about this. I'm so proud of you. And one, another one thing, thing sorry, sorry, one thing you said about um, the generations drove drinkers. It's a conversation I remember I had with my dad um, before I stopped drinking. I said to him, your dad, my granddad used to drink a lot, go to the pub and drink a lot. I said, you, when I grew up, I just looked at you drinking a lot. And I thought that's what a man should do. So when I turned 18 or younger, um, I started drinking. And I used to just get shit faced thinking, oh, my dad did the same. So it's what you're supposed to do as a man. And I said to my dad, I don't want my future children to grow up and see me doing that and thinking that's what you're supposed to do. So it has to stop somewhere. So I'm, I'm willing to take take on that burden. And me and Cameron are brothers as well, by the way. Are you, bro, bro, 
I am so fucking proud of you boys. I am so fucking proud of you boys. My God. How what's the age difference if you don't mind? I'm gonna say don't don't say it actually. Let me guess. I'm gonna say two and a half years. On what which side? What's your uh age difference in you guys? Uh, I'm gonna say you're uh I'm gonna say you're the older. Cam's oldest. No, two years. Oh. Um I'm oldest, Cam younger. Two years is damn. Okay, so two years <laughs> of, right. Okay, everyone That's gets so that. Um, yeah. Everyone would get the same uh, difference, but they would uh, get it the wrong way around. That's so interesting. What an interesting thing, dude. I'm just so proud of you, fucking guys, man. Um, just what you're doing here is so much bigger than if you haven't been properly acknowledged for it before. What you're doing is here is so much bigger than you know, dude. So much bigger. I appreciate it, that. Thank you. Oh, God. Well, we appreciate you, man. That's that's so huge. I'm just so fucking proud of y'all, man. It's, <laughs> it, it's, it's the biggest actionable thing you can do. And again, with your mind, you guys are catching thoughts. You've got it, dude. You've, you've absolutely got it, boys. Yeah, well, the reason why we set up the podcast in general, it wasn't for subscribers. It wasn't for monetization. Me and Aaron went, because we're from um, England, obviously. Uh, I'm from, well, we're both from North England. But Aaron moved out to London during, well, just before COVID hit. And when COVID hit and we was like, shit, what's going on? We used to spend like three, four hours on the phone every day, just talking about what's going on. Uh, and then we was like talking about our mental health and our progress with our mental health and just keeping each other sane, basically, in the lockdowns and all of that uh, crazy stuff. And then we just like one day, let's just sit on a, on a podcast and do this and try and get up. We're expanding our minds together. Let's just get other people in to start expanding our minds with them as well. So the journey we've been on, we couldn't really care less about subscribers. Obviously, it's cool to look at and see it going up, but w w no amount of subscribers could even come close to the journey that we've been on already. Yeah. I've only been doing it a year and a bit. And one thing, guys, well, it's sort of a question, um, but with a bit of background. During the pandemic is sort of what led me onto this path. I think I always had a bit of, distrust to establishments and the media. But during the pandemic, it really, that's what really got me going. Um, and it was during the pandemic where I went through a bit of a phase where I was looking, going down rabbit holes, and I was getting pretty like shit scared. I was getting myself in a position where I was like, fuck, what's going, what's going on in the future? And that's what sort of led us on the journey we are on today, where we're trying to better ourselves. And like you said, take back that power. So we're not scared of what's happening in the future. No matter how much we look into it and talk about it, we can't be fearful of it. Um, are you noticing more people starting this journey since the pandemic? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, it's been a lot of folks. Uh, a guy um, up there near y'all, I actually just sent you an email of a dear friend of mine. Please connect with that dude. His name is Lewis. He lives uh, somewhere around one of y'all. I don't know. Uh, probably right here and I think actually closer to London. I'm honestly not sure. Anyway, sweetheart of a guy tell him I think he's just a buddy. You know, just go hang out together. Okay. Yes, a lot of people that I've had on the show actually became authors, actually sat down and said, you know what, I'm just going to write that book finally. And now they're published authors. Uh, one of them is now on um, this season of Ancient Aliens, a guy named Mark Ollie. Uh, this dude wrote uh, his book, um, Crystal Crystal Skulls and Human Heads, it's it's awesome. But then he wrote another book about Merlin that it took him 47, 42 years to complete, and he just released that. I just had him on the show again to talk about that. And uh, he's a musician guy. So this dude, because of that, came out and wrote his books and now is out there doing that kind of stuff. A lot of people quit their jobs. A lot of people quit drinking. 
I feel that 2020, it was one of the biggest gifts for this place ever. Again, I don't see a bad guy here. So whenever I see things like that occur, I see not right away, but now I absolutely see and really early on on it. And I'll tell you about that in a second. I see it as a, just a game playing out to move us all into this direction. It's, hey, you've been going too quick this way. We're going to round it up and wrangle y'all in. We're going this way. Anybody that doesn't want to go, you can come back over here and you're going to anchor in the dark and you've got certain choices. You're going to follow this. You're going to be that. And there do there does seem to be a certain per percentage of the population that's very subservient that does have that worship gene, as you say. But I feel it's the anchor the dark gene. And so that those motherfuckers need to really dig down and really go with this technocracy and absolutely put the chip in my head. Yeah, stick me with whatever you want. Yeah, wrangle me up and put me into these cities. I'll own nothing and I absolutely love it. Absolutely. That is for some folks, but it it's there for those folks. What 2020 did was split it all. It just said, okay, it's it's uh shit hit the fan, but it's wheat from chaff. It's okay. Do are you an actionable participant here? Are you a deliberate creator or would you rather this thing just all be decided for you? And people put their hands up. Hey, are you a deliberate creator? Okay, cool. Go on that way. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll you'll you'll know where to go. The signs will be there. And your signs are the things that have guided you and near navigated you through that experience. And the same for the other. Do you just want to be told what to do? Are you done deliberately creating and you just want to anchor the dark? Cool. Absolutely. And we need volunteers for that. Now, what's fascinating is there are like, what, three times, maybe way, way, way more, 80% more of those volunteers than there are the ones that go, dude, deliberate creator, let's go. And it's heavy. You know, what we're doing is, is it's heavy, but it's also fucking like the, it makes so much sense to us, right? Just in the same way, they, whoever the other side, if we want to say that the other energies here that are anchoring that for us, that it's just as ridiculous for them to feel the way we do about them, right? So it's either side feels that that's what's going on. But that huge divide, again, it it opened it up. It, it opened all of the lotus flowers in all of us. And if you were ready to go, you were really ready to go. And then you were on this path. And you boys held your hand up and said, yeah, deliberate creators right over here. And here we are. And now this has put us in path. And it's beautiful. And I bet now those people, and you're going to start to see this a lot more as you go further into not drinking that you'll see that those people you just don't even talk to. They just fade away as characters that were just passers by on your journey of getting you to where you are now, which is all there is your moment of now. It's wild, dude. Yeah. Well, well, that's something also that we were aware of getting ourselves into that we're closing a chapter of our life. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. technically actually we're closing a full book of our life and <laughs> oh, yeah. new <laughs> dude totally and now this one's written in new language and it's uh, got leather bindings and it's super cool <laughs> but it took you reading the other one and writing the other one and going through that first draft to get here yeah and that's in it you know no judgment in anything everybody was doing the best they could with the information they had at the time you can say this about your parents right this is one of the most freeing concepts to apply to your family little sister you got a problem she was doing the best she can with the information mom and dad you got a problem best best they could with the information they had and yeah, it's just uh, the way they've been programmed through their experience of life um, and then it's the shit that their grandpa their grandma and grandpa uh, you know their mom and dad handed them and said okay you can either handle all this alcohol shit and you can do that or you can pass it on what would you like to do and they just drank through that lifetime and handed it to you and they did that because they made you strong enough had they been strong enough to do it you wouldn't have needed to and this conversation wouldn't have happened but they needed to be there just like mine did, just like all of ours did, to be there to show you that this is the option you have 
You're going to be raised in it because you need to be balls deep in this thing to really know, and you're going to create the opposite of it. Not even the polar opposite, just the true intention of the energies that were there without all the fluff. You're going to remove all the nonsense, really clear all the energies and cleanse all that shit that's been stacked up over time, and you just clear it out. Yeah. Can I just say, Brandon, um, if we had this conversation even six months ago, I don't think I would have appreciate, have been able to appreciate it as much as I can at this stage of my life. This has been, and, and it, it counts to many different factors, one of them being timing as well, uh, where I'm at and then how we managed to have this conversation at this time. This has been the most powerful conversation I've probably had in my life. And it's probably just rolled off your tongue as, as it seems it has, like it, um, like it just instilled in, inside you. But you've had such a fucking massive impact today. Uh, so I appreciate it. Such a perfect time as well. Yeah. It such always is. Man. And like any sort of like, and like, like last week, right? Something uh, rescheduled boys. It was perfect. I, I like couldn't have, it, it could not have worked out better for either one of us. And yet here we are. And, and it, it, had we had that conversation, the things you're saying now, I wouldn't have come to those understandings. Those were greeted over the weekend in the week's time that we were supposed to do this. There's been a massive change, massive, massive fucking change. And so I'm able to bring that to you now. But again, it's because of the divine timing and because everything works out perfectly. And again, so this is why like, it's very challenging for me to get disappointed now because I know in divine timing. And I know actually whenever something would have formally disappointed me, that's actually my indicator that something way better is about to occur, like way the fuck better. And if you can let go of your ideal that it has to be this on this day, in this time, in this way, then what you do is, is that you say, okay, we're going to plan it for this or something better. And as long as you just maintain the or something better, bro, your life fucking opens up. You, you're you not like it has to be this. And I'll tell you this, <laughs> you're limited. And no matter how big you think you can dream and how badass you think you are, you are fucking peanuts compared to what your higher self knows and can set up for you in the drop of a hat. Get, get out of your own fucking way. Not you, just telling everybody here. You're not in your own way. I'm just saying, get out of your own way when it comes to this stuff and just let it flow in. The, the, the minute I stop determining this is how it should go and I need it by whatever, that's when everything changed, man. It, and really, that's what surrender is all about. It's saying like, look, there's two people working here is how, I'll, how I phrase this. And again, this is a very new understanding for me, viewing it this way. I've always heard these concepts here and there, but I, I put them together in this one Voltron of fucking understanding this weekend. And it is that to see this place as a maze, okay? And you're a body in the maze that's connected to a higher version of you that's outside of the maze that can see the entire thing. It's got a full frontal view of all of it. And it can see little your ass down there as well. And you are absolutely connected. Now, little me in the maze used to get so pissed off at the direction my guide was giving me. There's a lot of noise down here in the maze. It's very hard to even hear that motherfucker. So for a long time, I felt I was just solving it by myself. Fine. I'm on my own. I'm getting no guidance. I'm just going to go here and do my thing. Now I'm to the point where it became so obvious to me that there's a co-collection here. Again, maybe it's the worship gene. Maybe I just got to feel that something's here to be worshipped. So therefore, I um, you know, created a tulpa that is this version of my higher self, and that's how I get through it it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Either, either is fine and either is real because it's my subjective reality, which is fascinating and it, and it works. So it has impact in real reality, even though it's not real. Uh, it's sort of like an imaginary character or something. Um, so whenever I started viewing it as this, like my little self down there, 
Finally, what surrender meant for me was that little dude in the maze acknowledging that dude up there and going, you know what? You're not a bad guy and you're not out to get me and you're not something that is playing tricks on me and you're not something that's um, that I feel separate from and need to feel bamboozled by or that I can't trust, which is really the thing. I can't trust you because you haven't, right? And so there's this separate, I'm just going to walk around and bump into these walls in this maze and get all pissed off because I can't fucking trust you if you're even there. And so when I looked back at what I'd experienced, uh, gotten the analogies I needed, gotten the awareness, I just kind of got this release. It was this feeling of no more bosses, right? Like that concept of final boss, you know, oh, this is my final boss. I'm going to do this like in video games. Oh, it's a final boss. And then we go to the next boss. No more bosses, man. And I realized that the idea and concept that I was fighting battles of final bosses to get to a next level and to win another badge and to get a better sword for the next round and everything like that. It's that's just how I that was a temporary truth. I needed to view it that way to get me where I am now, which is just another temporary truth, no matter how amazing it sounds. Uh, just another temporary truth will be well past this in a week, probably. Um, and but that's the thing, allowing new information. But but then again, recognizing that dude up there and going, hey, I'm limited in my perspective. And surrender didn't mean giving up. Surrender meant acknowledging my blind spots and acknowledging that I don't have all the answers from where I'm at, and that I can't see the maze in the way that you can. And I don't have all the skills and things that, and powers of alignment that you do. But what I can say is here's where I'm at, here's what I'm capable of, and here's where I want to go. Now, the how, the timing, all that shit, I'm giving it to you. And I'm surrendering that shit to my higher self. And then that's the dude that goes around and moves all the walls around. And then he moves shit around and he moves the adversary out of the way because he wants nothing to do with it, right? And then it's just a straight fucking smooth shot, man. There are little lines that you can explore if you'd like to, but you don't have to. And it just becomes this fluid dance with you and yourself. And then you think, well, whatever's coming in is for me, not happening to me. And then I know my higher self knows that this is the next step for me to get over no matter how treacherous it looks at the time, no matter how scared I am, no matter how many past versions of me are not in line with me right now, true surrender just means being able to admit your blind spots, know that you're not, um, know that you can take help and then asking for it. And that's it. Mm. Yeah, that fits in perfectly with the fact that when I had to reschedule with you, I was like, oh shit, I need to, oh, we've fucked up with the dates. That's, Problem. But then when I met, emailed you, and then I don't know if it was the energy from your email back, I was just at complete ease. I was like, oh, it's fine. And then we've just had this fucking conversation, which has come at the most perfect time ever. So we had to reschedule. There was some For some reason, we had to. For some reason, I accidentally sent you the email of the wrong date, but that was pre-planned on the journey. So and then the next question, the question is, next time when a mistake happens, what, how are you going to greet it? With fuck yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> then it means better is right around the corner, right? It's an yeah. excitement now. Oh, fuck yeah, they canceled. It means either when we talked to them, it wasn't going to be a great conversation. It didn't mm. need to happen. Maybe they weren't on their game. Maybe you weren't on your, you know, little things that you want to admit. So many beautiful things that, that lay out there as long as you allow them. So good for you, man. Good on you. And that's when you greet those next challenges because that's how they are happening for you. It's an opportunity for you to be a greater, grander version of yourself, just like what Aaron was talking about. Whenever you pull these things in and it, you're, you recognize it, you're like, ah, give me back to myself. I see that and then move on. That's power, guys. This, this is where it all happens. It's mindfulness. It's power. And that's all it is. It's just knowing where your attention's at, where attention goes, energy flows. Just always remember that. Great job, boys. Good on you.
No, that, this has been absolutely amazing. It's been, I don't know, it's blown my mind, first of all. I mean, we came on to talk about UFOs and you've ended up absolutely... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're probably all made up by you. And it may be, uh, you know, just a psychosemantic thing. I think there are super cool things here. I think they could be just an experience of the Matrix, um, that this place could be just a simulated reality and it's a big game, sort of like a, one of those um, escape rooms. If you guys have ever been in one of those, yeah. those are fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so stuff like that. Um, I don't think it's as dire. I, I really don't. I, I The scary shit, it's more like a haunted house, like Sam Tripoli says. You know, it's it hops out and makes you go, ah, and you go, oh. And that's it. That's its entire power. No one's going to throw you on the ground and throw a needle in your arm. It's those types of things are told to you. They're not experiences you will experience unless you want to. And that's the trick of all of it to get your shit right here. Because whatever you think and want and all of that stuff, you can be convinced you want that and therefore create it. Uh, it's a really interesting place out here. And it's all, all mind games, man. That's all it is. Get your shit locked up up there. Yeah. Hopefully we can reconnect in a couple of months and. Bro, I'm here. You call me anytime. We're brothers. This is family. You got a third yeah. brother today. So this is just family. Whenever y'all want to do this, you give me a holler. I'd love that. Oh, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Cheers, Brandon. So just before we wrap up in the simplest form that you can, could you give us your definition of life? The experience of a chosen reality. That's actually really <laughs> good sentence. <laughs> ah, okay. Fantastic. Yeah, me and Aaron made the, um, well, we decided due to the way our passion lies and the way our journey is that this podcast is about experiencing different realms of life, basically. Yeah, yeah. Because we're all, even though maybe in the same life, experiencing different realms of life, all of us. Mm -hmm. This is why this idea of consensus reality or that we're all in the same place, having the same experience in a sense, uh, I'm absolutely further and further convinced away from it every day. This has been great. Honestly, this has been fantastic. So thank you so much, Brandon, for coming on. Uh, Cheers, Brandon. Thank my you mind, my mind is blown. I feel a bit speechless, actually. <laughs> I think I might go for a quick walk after this one. Dude, I'm going too. So we'll all go take a walk out in nature together. All right. Hey, yeah. That's a way to go. Good. All right. Well, Thanks, I boys, thank you all so much for making me feel so at home. And you guys are phenomenal hosts. You ask amazing questions and you just create such a wonderful place for me to be myself. And I really appreciate Thank that. Thank you. Thank you. This has been Thank you. absolutely amazing. So, thanks everyone. Cheers, guys.